And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome to Seven Fifty-Five is Real, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project Seventy, celebrating seventy years of Tops baseball cards. Well, I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I'm with my special co-host today, Eric. Has some uh, business, personal matters to attend to. So we've got a great fill-in host. Uh, you all know him. You love him. Many times former Brave and former Met, Kelly Johnson. Hey, welcome to the show, Kelly. Welcome back. Glad I can fill in. Yeah, absolutely. Love being here. Happy to do it. This is good timing, too, with uh, with your rich Braves and Mets history. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, good series. I got to go to the game. Saw you down there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, we got to go down there and, and watch and talk to some people, catch up. Always, Kel- always fun to go down there. Kelly was down during batting practice, came down to the field, and he had half a team with him. It was his three sons. <laughs> That's a good-looking bunch of boys, man. They look like uh, they're getting close to that age where they start becoming uh-huh. serious I know. athletes. I know. I know. Yeah, we're there. We're. I mean, I think I think uh, it's younger and younger these days, but, you know, we're, it eats up our time. We, we act like we're in pro, pro sports already, the the amount of stuff we do, it's crazy. But they, what were the uh, ages again? The 11, 9, and 7. And they, uh, I got a girl, another fourth that won there, and she'll be uh, four soon. So she's keeping us all in line, I, keeping the I, boys in check. I just, at, just from a glance, it looked like two of them looked a lot like you, and one of them looks almost exactly like their mom, the boys. So, yeah. I thought could, that's what you I could thought. You could say that. Yeah. Say, yeah. I mean, they're pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what did you think? Hey, by the way, are you ever torn, you know, in your allegiances when you're pulling for a team or is it most guys come up, the team they come up with the organization they spend their minor league in the most years with, is that the way it goes? Uh, yeah. I don't think that it's the same for everybody. I, I, I yeah. know, um, I know some guys that, that came up with the Braves that, uh, w- I wouldn't say that they're, they're, uh, cheering against them, but they're, they're not cheering for them. They got traded away or something. Yeah, maybe they, they gave just, up it's on all, it's all about, I think, a little bit of the career and, and the trajectory. Yeah. And But for me, I mean, you know, that's that's the team that raised me, and especially yeah. having Snit still around. I mean, right, it, right. it used to be, you know, I go to the park and, and it, you know, there's guys in the front office, guys on the field, staff yeah. in the locker room running the, the clubhouse, and they've been there since I was drafted. Yeah. Now some there's some turnover. Uh, there's some guys that have moved on and retired or, or been let go and, and all that, but Snit being there, I mean, I had him two years in double a, I had him, uh, you know, i obviously met him immediately when I was about 18. So, yeah. you know, he's like a, he's like a, you know, like an uncle, you know, he's just, he's the man. So good to see him. Uh, I would say anytime you win with a team, you're going to have a, yeah. a certain, tight feeling and we you know go to the world series with a team in new york 
Right. Uh, that's a lot of, there's a lot of pretty special memories. I mean, they're lighting the tower, the uh, empire state building blue and yeah. then orange. Uh, and you're a part <laughs> of that. It's fun. And there's still a couple guys on that team held over. So, you know, I'm cheering for guys individually, but I'm cheering yeah. for the Braves. Yeah, I would imagine you cheer for guys you played with and, and became friends with. Yeah. Uh, w- yeah. With the Braves, you've got what? You've got uh, uh, Snit, you got Eddie Perez is still around, and you got Freddie, right? Yeah. Freddie the, there might Fred- there might be a couple others. Uh, and then a minor honestly, league, you got a few. Yeah, the minor league guys. And, and um, there were some guys that were in spring training, like Dansby was my locker right. I mate, got you. his first spring yeah. training with us. Um, you know, and there's some other guys, but, um, George Poulos is the, the head trainer was my trainer. was my trainer in Toronto. Uh, uh, Jeff Mathis played with him in Toronto. Um, so there's always that, that kind of, you know, those, those blends of where, where you run across people. Well, what did you think of this? Were you at, you were at the 20 run 20 hit game. You were there. You were there, right? I was at the first one against Pittsburgh. Uh, but no, I missed this one. I was the okay. one before the Mets uh, came came back and took a stole a game, and then right. the next day is when the Braves exploded. Oh, uh, by the way, for anybody wondering why the hell Kelly's got a fire going, it's because he's <laughs> not in ninety degree, humid, rainy Atlanta. He's uh, in the North uh, Carolina mountains where he has a house. Where are you, yeah, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, Hi- yeah, Highlands, North Carolina. We're doing a fireside chat. Uh, just wanted to class this thing up a little bit, you know. EOF's always in his basement, looking like yeah, he's in down there with his bare dark, walls, and- you know. Uh, so we're just thought I'd mix it up. I, Cam was sitting there watching me, you know, find the place. I'm like, here, yeah, I like it, by man. This fire. I'm gonna go get it's, the fire. This thing started up right, you know, right, right when we started. It's kind of bucolic. It's kind of easy. It's kind of, yeah, <laughs> you kind of relax and. Uh, want to confide stuff. So <laughs> I, just, I, just need a, I need a bourbon sitting right here. And I'm, and I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, you to don't have one. Now let me put mine away. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still early. Uh, so, so what did you think of what, and, and what can it do? I know it's just one game and, and people get carried away with one game, but Ozzy and, and was among those who said, you know, that a season, a game like the one they had Wednesday could turn everything around. Um, it was uh, unbelievably, it was the second 21 game of the season for the Braves, which they've never done in their history, but, and they did it in the first half, but what can a game like that, 20 runs, 20 hits against the first place team in your division, yeah. uh, what can it do for a team that had you know been in such a malaise? They had scored 25 runs in their previous 11 games combined. And then all of yeah. a sudden you get 20 hits and 20 runs. Yeah. It, it can turn, uh, change a season. I'll, I'll give you a quick little bit, uh, story. Just we we're talking about me being with the Mets. Uh, uh-huh. The first year I got traded over there in 2015. Uh, it was closer to the deadline, so we're talking, you know, another four weeks from now. But uh, first game, Uribe and I show up in the first games against the Dodgers. Uh, we were there, you know, uh, certainly not um, the kind of firepower that you're thinking when you're trying to like really amp up an offense. But we were there to right. help and, and bring and bring that up a little bit. Um, the team couldn't score any runs similar of a Mets team that we're seeing this year. And we put on, we put on 15 and beat the Dodgers by, by like 10, 12 runs in the first game. Uh-huh. Uh, Uribe hit a walk-off, uh, maybe in the next game. And, and from there it went from third place shot up and, uh, and won that division. Um, and I say that just to kind of bring out what the obvious here is that the Braves are in third place. Um, they're not the offense that we know and love and, and they, they need to find it. And to get that kind of output uh, in a game against the team that is in first place, 
even if it is early July or late June. Yeah. Uh, that it's just something we need to see this offense get back to what we we know. And and that's something that can absolutely start it. And I think Ozzy's hit the nail dead on, uh, dead on. And, and, um, I think you see it carry over into last night's game. Yeah. Uh, remember the last time I was on with you guys, we talked about Freddie and I said, I don't expect him to be Freddie from last year and be P Freddie and finish at three thirty. I expect right. him to finish about where, you know, his career number is. And, and I want him to be Freddie when we need him to be Freddie. And even though it took a little bit of a fortunate bounce, it, you know, yeah. that's the kind of thing that we're, we're used to seeing from him. Yeah, and he's he's hit so many balls hard this year that he didn't get a bounce on it that went right to somebody. So it's almost like, you know, he was due something like that to happen. So um, we'll get to that play in just a second. Um, the game that Ozzy had in that 20-hit game goes five for six with two homers, seven RBIs, uh, four runs. He was the first Atlanta Brave. I mean, you consider all the, Bra- the players who've played here from – Bob Horner yeah. and Murph to Hank, of course, near the second half of his career, Chipper, Andrew, on and on, uh, Acuna. Nobody, Freddie, nobody had ever had in one game in the Braves era since 66 as many as five hits, four RBIs, two homers, and, and uh, or seven RBIs, two homers, and four runs in a single game. And I know it's one of those where you're, guys, a lot of different numbers, but still it just yeah. tells you how impressive it is to do, to have a game like that, how rare it is. And this is from a guy that's five foot seven and about 170 pounds. And he's getting, and he's getting host. And the fact that he didn't get voted as a starter for the all-star game blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that that's something that's, it's just uh, unfortunate, but obviously voting and all that takes over, but you know, Ozzy has been a stud. He's been a stud just, especially in the near, in the, in the near time, he's just been killing it. Yeah. I mean, he's barreling yeah. balls. He's having great at bats. 29 um, RBIs in June. He's watching. That's, that's silly. That's silly. He's walking up to the plate, getting the, the to go up there and watch the guys play and watch guys. You get to see a little more of those when the camera is not on them. And yeah. Ozzy, as as cool and as confident and with as much confidence as I've ever seen him walk up to the to the dish. Um, the guys in the zone, and you know that's that's what you need. You need you need guys to step up. Azuna, uh, you know Marcel's out, and and guys have been scuffling, yeah. but. The Braves still have four guys in the 800, 830 yeah. OPS and up. I mean, that's that's half your lineup that's really doing some damage. And so for him to step up has been huge. Yeah, I mean, and we know what Freddie's obviously one of the best hitters in, the, in baseball. Acuna's phenomenal. And then you see what Riley can do last night, which hardly anybody in baseball can do what he did on that on that home run. When you And then when you consider Albies, that's yeah, it's half your lineup, like you say. I think if they could add a bat before the deadline, if they could add a bat soon, it could really this could really be a a, a powerful offense again. It is right now on certain nights. It's as good yeah. as any offense in baseball. So, um, have you ever seen a hitter as pound for pound strong as Ozzy Albie's is? Have you ever played with any guys like that? You know, that were under two hundred pounds that could do that. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I think I think that's the beautiful thing about baseball. You know, you don't have to be. Yeah. You yeah, might judge anymore. Judge. anymore. I should say anymore. Now with the way that guys train and their, yeah, you know, the baseball specific exercises and and, and all that. Um, I mean, Ozzy's a strong dude. I mean, is he stronger than Pedroia? I mean, you're you're picking right. at you know, is he stronger? Ichiro's not wasn't 200 pounds by any yep. means. Yeah, uh, you know, he didn't hit all the homers Ozzy hits, but he he had that power. Yeah, um, and certainly Mookie Betts um, probably leads the charge there, but. 
you know, baseball is a beautiful thing when you cut, when you look at it from that, that angle that you see yeah. these Altuve's and Aussies and standing um, next to the judges. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes you shake your head a little bit, but you know, that's why it's kind of the everyman sport and, and you, yeah. you see, uh, you, you don't have to, be, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't have to be the, you know, the giant, but Aussies, uh, I, I, I just love where he's at right now. I love it. I love watching the guy play. He's automatic at second. Um, you know, he's, 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 He's everything. He's everything. He's, he could be a guy that carries his team into, into the first place if that happens. And if he ever gets, you know, the other side as a switch hitter, even close to what he is against lefties. I mean, it's, Smith thinks he's as good a hit as, as there is in baseball against lefties. And yeah. it's hard to argue when you look at his numbers. I mean, against, yeah. but a lot of people don't understand why he keep, why he doesn't just shut switch hitting. And they don't realize you can't just stop hitting from that one side and expect uh. to hit that way from the, from one side, as well as you do, you know what I mean? That, I how hard it is for people yeah. when you start at 16, when you've never faced, you know, uh, I couldn't, I have nothing to offer in this conversation, but yeah. I would say, I would love to hear guys like Chipper, you know, sw- other switch hitters talk about that or guys, there's been a few like Shane Victorino kind of shut it down for, you know, through injury right. and then you know, the kid, the kid in Baltimore is only hitting left-handed now, I believe. Right. Uh, Mullins. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously doing pretty good. So uh, guys do it. I'd say <clears throat> for a guy like Mullins, if he's going to just pick lefty and stick with lefty, um, that's an advantage. Obviously, you're facing way more right-handed pitchers. But right, from a, right. From a natural righty standpoint, you know, Victorino, Aaron Hicks, uh, you know, these guys that have had to, to do that. Um, shoot, I, I mean, I, I just love to hear what they have to say about that. If, if yeah. it's a – as hard as we think it could be, or if it may be not a big deal. I don't know. There's gotta be yeah. a reason they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beyond, uh, that, the, the huge game that he had in the month that he had, he, this guy leads the NL now with 57 RBIs. I think a lot of people don't realize that and to your no, point that he shouldn't be on the all-star team. Frazier, uh, it's not like it was a, you know, just an egregious error in the fan voting because Frazier's having a hell of a year too. And he's actually sure, got sure. like a 140 OPS plus, but I agree. The guy who's leading the league in RBIs and second in the league in extra base hits, one behind Castellanos, I think that deserves to be a starter, yeah. but we know he'll be, we know he'll be he'll on be the there. team. So he'll be there. Oh, yeah. He's going to be there. It's just, it's always fun to represent and have, yeah, would have been cool. Having three cool Braves, three Braves, yeah, 100%. but but by the same token, Braves fans, if they're going to say that, they have to understand that Muncie deserved to start over yeah. Freddie. I mean, so true, you know. Yep. So, but you know, Freddie's being rewarded for the careers having and this consistency that he's had and the popularity and all that. So, you know, it come, what goes around, all that kind of thing. So, there was some years Freddie deserved to be on there or starting when he didn't. So he started three in a row now, and that's just when you get to that station where Freddie is. As long as you're still good, you're going to probably keep getting voted unless somebody's just overwhelms, you know? Absolutely. And Muncy's only yeah. played like f- less than 50 games at first base as well. So I think that also hurts him. So um, we're not going to see another Rafael Palmero, you know? No, that's, yeah. We're not going <laughs> to win in a gold glove as a first baseman <laughs> when he was a DH. What do you do? Yeah, four games at first. He won the yeah. game. Yeah. Let's hear from today's sponsors. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Ozzy, by the way, is on pace for 115 ribbies and 87 extra base hits. The relevance of that, how important that is or how uh, impressive that is, consider this. Chipper Jones holds the franchise record with 87 extra base hits. He's on pace to match Chipper's record. That was 99 when Chipper had the monster year and won the MVP. And no Braves primary middle infielder. And that's a lot of pretty damn good players. No Braves who's played at least 75% of the games in the middle infield has driven in 100 runs in a season. He's on pace for 115. That's yep. the kind of year the guy's having, man. That's a special year. I in mean, a year when least, offense has been down, you know, for the most part. Well, let's, I mean, for fun, because we, we can do hypotheticals, what, what in the world do we think happens if he finishes the year projected with where he's at now, with all those numbers you just talked about, is he an MVP? Does he beat out these other guys? If he gets his average up, you know, his OBP up some, he could be in the talk, in the discussion for sure. I mean, there's, there's some other guys doing well. Yeah. But when yeah. you're looking at the total picture of being a middle infielder. Oh, yeah. Because he's going to have stolen bases. He's gonna you know what's going to kill him? more runs. You know what's going to kill him? Having Acuna and Freddie on the team is what's going to kill him because that splits votes and people look at it and go, yeah, but he's, he didn't have to carry the team and all that, so that'll hurt him. Well, but you got Castellanos and Winker doing the same right. thing to each other. Tatis or, well, would, would Tatis or DeGrom, I think, right now would win it, even though I'm not a guy that votes for pitchers yeah. usually with the season DeGrom is having. But if he has a couple more nights like the Braves handed him, you know, we'll see. And then but, that- how fun would it be if if it came down to the wire and we we didn't even talk about this other guy? If it was a Trey Turner, Ozzy Albie's MVP discussion? <laughs> yeah, Trey Turner's having a hell of a year, man. That would be a fun one. Hell to talk of a about. year. And how about this? How about the month that Schwarber had? He's going to end up getting Player of the Month ahead of Albie's and a few others. I mean, yeah. he's just been on fire. So, so Schwarber just uh, ridiculous. What's cool about the Schwarber here is that. Obviously, I had Kevin Long as a hitting coach with the Yankees. I had him with the Mets. Uh-huh. And watching Schwarber, it's it's completely obvious what's going on. And that K Long's big thing. He's got for those that are listening, Robinson Cano is basically a Kevin Long. That's that's who <clears throat> that's their guy. Like they're that's uh-huh. who were Cano when he was the guy for, for nine years. He was the best one of the best hitters in baseball. Right. right. Drills that they would do. They put a screen up on the plate and, and Cano would get in real tight so that, you know, to swing the bat with the screen there and not hit the screen, you got to keep 
real tight in here, real strong, uh-huh. short. So that was a drill these guys would do on the field. They'd do it, th- you know, three or four times a week. Um, they'd get up on the plate, make everything middle in, keep this nice and short, hit the bottom of the ball, stay up the middle, right center-ish for a left-handed mm-hmm. hitter. So we saw Cano take off, Daniel Murphy, very similar, had a month, not a month, he had a half where he was so-so. He was trying Uh to figure this thing out, and then he exploded. All those home runs in the postseason changed his career. If you look at Uh his, he went to Washington, you look at his numbers, uh, you know, just taking what he had gotten from Kevin. Schwarber comes over, big, strong dude, great eye, Mm -hmm. great hitter, really. But he was in a little bit of a funk, you know, his average was down, striking out a little long and he gets with Kevin. Next thing you know, if you're looking at all these home runs, he's up mm-hmm. on the dish and there's every single one of them, the, the arms are in here and yep. you know, it looks like yep. a gator arm. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, you know, the, the a gator arm in a sense of uh, getting tied up Yeah, means you're going from long to short and then you're, you're tied up. But if you're always short in here, and you're strong and you've got that grooved, mm-hmm. you're dangerous. Yeah. And that's where these home runs are coming from. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it clicked for me for about a month with Kevin. And I, I hit like seven, six, seven, eight home runs, you know, not playing every day in about a six week span or so. And when you're feeling really good, yeah, I mean, it, it's like no pitch can get in on you. Uh, you've taken basically the whole plate and making it inside. Uh-huh. And when you're feeling good and you got that grooved, I mean, it's, it's special Curtis Granderson, another guy who when took he had that, that approach, huge year, huge, he had a huge career. Yeah. I mean, if you look at him, this guy, he was hitting 20, 30 home runs. He would yeah. hit 20 triples. Um, even in Toronto, when he was 30 something years old, he, he hit, uh, he had a, he had a huge, huge streak. Mm-hmm. Um, where he got hot and had like a seven RBI game or something. But anyway, yeah, that was Schwarber looking at him and seeing what he's doing. Um, I hope he can keep this going and it's just a career changer yeah. for him. Not, not as a Braves fan, I don't, but as a, you know, just as a baseball well, guy. It's only I on like a one-year seeing, deal, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I like, seeing, I like seeing when these guys figure it out and really tap into the potential he, and all that they have that God, you know, has blessed them with. And he's, he's got the power and you're seeing it now. He keeps this up. He's not going to have to settle for a one-year deal this time. Oh, Jesus. that ain't happening. He's going to no, Because the thing about Schwarber, you know, most people just that watch the games, the World Series, especially is with the Cubs, the dude's a clubhouse. Uh-huh. I mean, he's like the star. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy you want. You Everybody likes guys. Him. Everybody loves him. So you're not just paying for a, a bat. You know, yeah. he's worked hard at defense, but, you know, if he's just yeah, a he's bat. he's not bad out there. He's a clubhouse guy. Yeah. Huge clubhouse guy. He's a presence, and that's the kind of guy. So you're getting a lot more than just, you know, a left-handed stick. You're right, though. Every one of his home runs looks the same. The Such a short swing, and that bat looks so – it looks like a little toothpick in his hands. He's so quick yep. with that bat, man. He just yep. turned – God, yeah, they're impressive. These home runs he's hitting – He's like, wow, where is this? I remember when he came back when he missed most of that year with the Cubs and came back for the playoffs, and he was just like, oh, my God, this uh, Schwarber's yeah. back. And you could tell everybody loved the guy, you know, yeah. beyond him being what he was doing on the field. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, so, by the way, the only the only uh, asterisk on, on the Albies night, and it won't go down as an asterisk. Nobody's going to care because it's hardly like he's the first guy to hit a, uh, a home run off a position player. But – Almora came in. 
Almora came in. Why would you let a guy like Almora throw? If you're going to go to, I hate position players pitching, by the way. I hate it. But I understand when some teams do it, when they got grueling schedule coming up, doubleheaders and all that. But I hate it. And Almora came in and looked like he was just tossing the the batting practice going here, see how far you can hit it. There was no chance he was going to get him out. And he'd just like sit there and just, you know. Well, you know, so there's a couple things there. I mean, we've seen that game that they beat Pittsburgh. We had um, Diffo come in and pitch for Pittsburgh. And he was throwing like, he was throwing like 88. Yeah. I mean, he was bringing it, but he was getting, he was still getting ripped. Yeah. Now I've been on a team. Uh, first of all, I've been asked probably three or four times if I, if I could pitch in my career and I was a heck no yeah. every time, because I, my biggest fear was I threw too straight, too pretty of a ball. I was going to get, I was going to get, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it ain't happening. So I would always say no. But when I was with the Yankees, Joe Girardi had a kid named uh, Dean. First name was Dean. I don't I'm forgetting his last name off the top of my head. Um, And he told him that he was going to pitch. And he said, if you break 65 miles an hour, you're out and you're, you might be, you might not see us again. So under the hitting speed. So you might hear that from Amal Mora. He's a good defensive player. He's a big part of that team. Right. So that might've been a factor. Uh, You know, the manager may have said, you better not throw. Well, I mean, not to, I mean, yeah. Not to take a cheap shot at him, but dude, he's hitting like a pitcher this year. It's unbelievable how <laughs> bad he's been. It's unbelievable yeah. how bad he's been. <laughs> but uh, so, but the twenty runs that the Braves had, like I said, were five fewer than they had in the previous eleven games combined. They did. They had averaged two point two seven runs that stretch, worse than the majors for that particular stretch of a couple of weeks. Uh, and a big thing. I know a lot of people think runners in scoring position, a lot of uh, metric uh, uh, analytics people will, will argue that runners hitting with runners in scoring position is totally random, which I think most people in the game disagree. They, they think there are some hitters who can hit with runners and some that just do it better than others. They went nine for 15 with runners in scoring position in that game Wednesday. They had been nine for 61 in the previous 11 games. So I think there's where it can really turn you around when you get a, have a game like that where a lot of people get some hits with runners in scoring position and feel better about yeah. everything. They're not waiting for failure you like they had been during that stretch where they got like yeah. one hit every night with the runners or none. But yep. what, what's your what's your stance what, as a as a hitter as a former big leaguer? What uh, why are there some guys that are so much better hitters with runners in scoring position? Like some good hitters hit better yeah. in those situations than their overall average. And some pretty decent hitters can't hit at all with runners scoring position yeah. for long stretches. No doubt. Uh, you know, first of all, that absolutely hitting with runners scoring position is a, is a skill. You can you can work at it. Some guys are are born with it. I can yeah, actually right. remember clutch players, spring training pressure. when whatever Freddie Freeman's. Let's see, him and Hayward were two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. So 2009, they came, mm-hmm. they started coming over from the minor leagues right. to help play some games. And we sat in West Palm playing the Cardinals, went down there for that two game trip. And in Smith specifically, when Freeman comes up, he goes, man, this kid with runners in scoring position, there's nothing mm-hmm. like, he's like, he was, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but in a way it was sort of a Hayward Freeman conversation. Right. And, and his, his point was how good Freddie Mm-hmm. is and he was only 20 right how good he was with runners in scoring position and some guys had that ability to just 
they focus in, they lock in and can block out mm-hmm. the, the pressure of it, or maybe it's the pressure that they want, but they, they lock in on these at bats. And when they get that pitch, they don't miss it. Right. Now, some guys, they feel it. Oh man, there's someone out there. I got to, you know, right. da, 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 you know, and next thing you know, they're missing a pitch about it and they're swinging at balls. They feel that pressure and it, and it works against them. So you can't tell me. Yeah. That, that it's not a skill and it can certainly the mindset of being a hitter in those situations can be developed and worked on over time experience, but you know, guys are born with that and they're freaks. I mean, they're guys that can do that out of bed. Like Freddie, Frank Cora was really good at it. Um, he was awful with bases loaded, yeah. but with the standard runners in scoring position, Jeff had a knack of getting yeah. a hit with guys out there. And that's why he drove in a hundred runs a couple of times. And um, I mean, it's, it's, there's no argument for me. Yeah, you, if throw all the numbers you want of metrics or whatever, they're random. I don't care if you can't. So the year with the Mets, we went on a on that tear, and we were living and dying by three run home or two run by home runs. Mm-hmm. We get to it's a World Series, and all of a sudden you got some guys throwing 95, 97, You know, one of the elite teams, obviously, they're pitching, and we couldn't we couldn't get a runner in. Yeah, you know, we had to hit a homer, or we, you know, what I mean. It was sure. It was and just that's hard a, to do in the postseason. It's deflating. It's very hard. It's deflating to to know that you are tr- only way you're going to score is if you hit homers. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're at with this game. You know, now it's kind of strikeout. I mean, out that game, the, the one that I went to, mm-hmm. I was shaking my head. It's just like every strikeout. It's not just a strikeout, a walk home run. Now, it's a it's a it's a three pitch strikeout. Right. It's right. strike one, strike two, strike three. You know? Yeah. You're, you're, it's like not even a competitive at bat sometimes and yeah. that's hard it's hard to it's hard to, to quantify uh maybe the rbi but it, i mean how about working pitchers yeah getting a guy up in 50 pitches into the yeah you know, in the second or third inning you know and, and and those kinds of things so i think uh to me the argument that that when i hear and i'm not trying to insult anybody or or, or sound uh, like i know anything more than other people but I, it seems like the argument that they're that runners in scoring position hitting with is random or making a clutch three pointer. It's random. Uh, it's only the sign of a good shooter period to dismiss that, which analytics I think is the only, I love, I think analytics are invaluable for the game, but the only hole in them is those who don't also recognize the human element in sports, just yeah. like the human element and being able to go on a stage and act or recite a speech there is performance anxiety and to not acknowledge that is to say that you haven't talked to people who've done it before, or you haven't tried yeah. it yourself because there yes. is performance anxiety. And some people don't feel that. And they are the freaks you're talking about. I mean, you can't tell me that some guys can't shoot better with the game on the line in an NBA game in a crowd or a college game and 20,000 people cheering going crazy yep. than other people, regardless of how good a shooter they are. There are still some yep. who shoot as good or better in those situations than they do in a yep. normal city and others who just who might be good shooters otherwise in an empty gym or in a normal game or what, but don't give them the ball with two seconds left in the game down by yeah, one. They don't want it. They want to pass it because they yeah. know they're not, you know, to, yeah. to, to ignore that or just dismiss it. It just comes from me, from people who have not done it or don't, they don't listen to people who've done it and they don't just accept the human element that there is because yeah. analytics yeah. can't, they can't explain the human element in sports. And it's huge. It's huge. So agree with everything you said. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Ronald Acuna in that game, by the way, he was one, they had six Braves had multi-hit games. 
And he wasn't one of them, but he had his 23rd career leadoff homer. He got the whole thing started because the amazing thing was they gave up two runs in the first inning on on a, on a uh, Alonzo homer. Yep. And then they scored 20 unanswered runs after that. And Ronald Acuna got it started. And uh, O'Flaherty's talked about this. He's still amazed that anybody throws Ronald Acuna a hittable fast pitch uh, or a hittable fastball to lead off a game on the first pitch because the guy is up there hacking. He is never yeah. looking. And he, hits, yep. he, leads off the, he leads off that game with his 23rd career leadoff homer. He's had he extended his own franchise record. The, the previous record was like 18 by Philippe, uh, one of the Alou's, Philippe, I think. And it was over a span of, you know, three times longer than what Acuna's yeah. done it. So the guy's amazing. But uh, yep, he is. Um, Cam, speaking of Acuna, I think you had something you wanted to talk about his uh, special tops card, right? Yeah, before we get into this tops Project 70 card, I'd like to mention that we're able to discuss the visuals here from YouTube where our 755 live stream happens twice weekly. Make sure you go subscribe to that. Go to youtube.com and then look for 755 is real. We'll also have the link to the YouTube channel in the description. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you also sign up and subscribe for notifications so that you all know whenever we go live that you can see David and Eric and all the action that they talk about on a weekly basis. Tops and Top 70 is our sponsor. They have done a fantastic job working with us. And more than that, they have done a phenomenal job pairing up with some of the greatest artists, some of the best overall illustrators in the world, including Mr. Tyson Beck, who, as you see here, released this wicked awesome Ronald Acuna Jr. card based off a 2000 model, your 2000 Tops that was pretty cool. baseball card. So it's a card that was released about two days ago. It ends in two days, meaning you guys have about 48-ish hours to purchase this card before it is gone for good. But just to talk about Mr. Tyson Beck and how he's been able to play into this, he's one of the preeminent artists for all athletes' sporting cards. He's followed by Devonta Smith, the Alabama draftee who's playing for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. He's also followed by C.J. McCollum. He's created some... Divine cards that look amazing, as you see here from Ronald's card. And, you know, we have somebody here, David, that we can tap into in terms of baseball card experience and Kelly. And Kelly, can you reminisce about seeing your first baseball card and what was it like, some of the emotions and the sentiments that came with it? Yeah. Uh, first of all, that card is awesome. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty cool. Baseball baseball cards have made a huge comeback here. It's kind of it's kind of cool to see. My kids are, are all into it. I got buddies starting card companies and it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. But, uh, my, so the first card I can remember was just, a uh, just minors. Um, you know, I was 18 and there was a picture of me, you know, getting ready to hit in the Gulf coast league straight out of high school. And, um, but to get and see, you know, your first baseball card as a, you know, as an eighties, nineties kid where baseball cards were, were huge and going to the card shop with your, you know, $5 yeah. or whatever you had, you know, riding the bike up there to do that was, was pretty neat. Uh, can't, you know, can't really put into words what that feels like. And obviously as you climb the ladder and you get your rookie card and you actually get to a major league card and all that, and you're part of those, those sets, um, it's, it's nothing like it, it really isn't. 
No, and it seems like your card was significantly better than Eric's. Eric told David and I off air that the very first card of him that he saw was just the back of his head. And I think it just said, oh, yeah. the back it's of the just, jersey. They showed his better side. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of better sides, there are some other cuts for this top 70 Ronald Cunha Jr. card. You have a gold foil card, as you can see along the edges. This one is gold. There is a rainbow edition card as well, including a silver edition artist label card. So there are some different unique and rarities for this Ronald Acuna Jr. card. Remember, this card is up for another 48 hours. Make sure to check out tops.com and also see the list of the remaining cards that they have out. And I also think there's going to be a Hank Aaron card that comes out soon oh, too. So we're going to have to take a look at that as well. But Ronald Acuna Jr. guys, all star. Look at the uh, look at the swag that comes through on that. He the guy Beck Tyson Beck perfectly ca- that's his name right Tyson Beck. Yep, he perfectly captured the Acuna swagger on that with that expression that he has. I mean, Kelly, can yep. you imagine being born with the kind of swagger that this guy oozes oh, naturally? Because it doesn't come across as forced uh, ever with Acuna. Uh, First of all, I mean, how many people are born with the, the talents that, that that guy's got? I mean, there's you're talking about a small handful ever yeah. In, yeah. in the history of baseball that have been able to walk on a field with like knowing what they can do and how much better they are than everyone else. So I think that confidence just comes with with that, man. It's the the yellow I've I've noticed, you know, it's gotten increasingly yeah. more like, he's become, he's making that an extra primary color with the Braves uniform. I, I actually love it. It uh, looks you know, good, it's, man. It's in the it's in the tomahawk, so it's in there. Exactly. It That's out, the difference. He, it's not like neon yeah. green or pink. You know, it the goes first, with the first guy, Evan Longoria did that with uh with Tampa back when, you know, on the Rays, the the sun yep. the, the sunburst or the starburst on the Rays uniform and he, he pulled it and had the yellow batting gloves and it was I thought it's a cool it's a cool and, touch. You know somebody did that with the Seattle Seahawks because they've got that neon green and it was just a little tiny bit of it somewhere in one of their logos or and maybe one uniform and a couple of the players started putting it like on shoes and everything before you know it it became a prime one of the primary colors in their unis but it that's yeah. the way it got started. I mean, yep. the Braves could do a lot worse than add this kind of yellow that he's oh. doing to. I think the I think the Rays good. the yellow um, spring training jersey or something. Uh-huh. Or they did some kind of yellow shirt. I mean, I can see the Braves doing that, like a yellow. Yeah, yeah it looks good. I think what Acuna does. He and the yellow shoes he wears and all that. But it's crazy. It's, that's crazy. It, it, it looks good, but you know, it's so it never forced. And I think it'd be different if he did some of the things he does, some of the antics or whatever you want to call them, coming around the bases, rocking the baby, uh, you know, what he did after he became a dad, um, doing the stutter step. It, if it looked forced or like he was mocking the other team, I think people would have a problem with it. But to me, it never looks like he's mocking the other team. No, yeah. I think these guys, he's just having fun, got man. It. They've got it. I think these guys these days have it down where it's not, a, it's not mocking. It's not, you know, trash talking. It's, yeah. it, it truly is just something extra that they're bringing. And, yeah. you know, I, I would have never thought that I could, could watch the game and watch all the antics. Cause I mean, there's too many games. There's too many at bats. You're going to do something like that. Right, you better be right. ready for an O for 20 with 10 strikeouts and it's coming your way. And, yeah. and, uh, but these guys have, have been able to, to kind of, kind of do it. The only ones I can't stand are the ones that happen between home and first. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't love 
selfies and backflips and you know, but I don't mind scowling at the pitcher for no reason or whatever. Yeah, man, I don't. That's the kind of stuff that that's that to me shows up the pitcher and the other team. Right. Once you know that rounding third, you know that's kind of a little. There's always been the play with the third baseman where like the fake handoff or the right some kind of high five. There's always been some stuff with the third baseman that's that's all right. I, I don't mind all that stuff. Let me ask you a guy that does rub some people the wrong way, Josh Donaldson. And having covered him for a year, I can tell you, I love to have a Josh Donaldson on the team because he is so, he's so interesting and he's never boring. And he puts his money where his mouth is. I mean, he, he with the Braves, he had a hell of a year, man. He was phenomenal, yeah. you know, and they kept him healthy. Uh, the guys you mentioned, uh, the training staff from Toronto is here now, and they know how to keep the guy healthy. They know his body, and they kept him on the field. And you, we saw what he can do when he plays 150 games because he was yeah. phenomenal that year. But Josh doesn't give a shit what people think, and he doesn't care if people don't like him. And I think if you're going to – have that kind of uh, uh, an attitude, then the, you can't care and you yeah. can't let it affect you. So True. I don't have a problem with what he does, but he did the thing the other day coming across. He hits the home run off Giolito. And as he's coming from third to home, he does his hands. He's going, it's not sticky anymore. It's not sticky. You know, uh, he said he's telling his, his dugout because he's looking at his dugout. If you look at the video, he's not looking at Giolito going, it's not like he is looking at his dugout, but Giolito saw the video later or somebody told him and then he saw the video Giolito pops off after the game about how I think it was Bush League. I think if if he wants to say something, he should say it to my face and all this and blah, blah, blah. He says that on the Zoom call after the game, right? Lucas Giolito obviously doesn't know Josh Donaldson and his background (laughs) because you do not pop off about Josh Donaldson. Don't challenge him. JD got wind of it, saw the Zoom as as players can do. You know, some of the Zooms are live, and if they're not, somebody's going to let you know immediately yeah. just do what Giolito said that if you're going to pop off do it to his face so what does JD do goes out in the players parking lot waits for Giolito and says to him basically you know all right I'm saying yeah, it to man. your face who knows what he said knowing Josh I can imagine what he said but he, so Josh then tells the team hey I want to do a zoom call the next day for the game he says you know, he's responding to what Giolito had said. And he said, yeah, he said he wants me to, if he wants me, if I want to say something, say it to his face. Well, I did. I want you to know I did say it to his face. I waited for him in the parking lot, told him. And let's just say he didn't have much to say after that. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Eric loved Josh. He played with him in Oakland, yeah, loved him. Yeah. Guys, guys do like him. Uh, he seems like he's one of those guys, like I was talking about with Schwarber, you know, when you got to have long season where you're around yeah. each other all the time. If you don't have, Guys like that that make it fun, like randomly throughout the course of the year, personalities makes for a long year. But yeah, I mean, you, and Trevor Bauer's in the news right now for the wrong, wrong kind of thing. But that's another guy. I mean, yeah, he's got no one to answer to, you know, but himself, and he knows it, and he says whatever, you know. And he's always rubbed me the wrong way with all his stuff. But when you start to realize, like, well, he's pretty consistent, right? Uh, and he's and he's and he's really unapologetic, and he's just him. How do you, how do you, yeah. how, how does that bother you? I don't know how I can bother you if someone's authentically being themselves and it's them every day. The problem is when it's fake. When it's you know, forced. I, yeah. I, when it's I, fake yeah, tough I've guy or played whatever. Played with guys like that. A hundred percent. Played against guys that way. You're, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're tough and they're fake and it's, you know, players can tell, right? Like, 100%. You can, you can tell the guys that are faking it. The guys that are, you can, it's, it stands out 
so bad. I mean, you, you know, so bad. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. I like the guys that it could be a lot easier if they would not say those things. They can make it easy on themselves if they would shut up and not be themselves or not be arrogant or just, they could just do that and be like everybody else and go through the game and their career and not rub anybody the wrong way. But I like those few isolated guys that don't care and they want to be themselves and that's themselves. So, you know, Josh Donaldson is being himself. I mean, he doesn't dress like other people. He doesn't act like other people. And I like that. For me, you know, not that was not my personality. But if I right. felt like I did anything outside of my personality, then it was going to come back and get me. So if right. it was a be a Johnny Tough guy, you know, or you know, pimp a ball or do something, I felt like it was so out of character that it was going to come back and, and get me. And that's that's the thing. That's the only issue. You know, you're going to break a you know the unwritten rules. It's the unwritten rules really come down to. Uh, being yourself in a way and respecting everybody. And if you kind of get outside that, the game will yeah. get you. It'll come back and, and get you. And that's why a lot of times these unwritten rules get in, you know, enforced because guys that have been around can sit there and be like, Hey man, like this is why you need to do this because this game's got a way of coming back and getting your ass and, and yeah. you're going to feel it. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Pete, Pete Alonzo, I don't know him at all, but he was huge social media presence back when he was, coming onto the scene with all those home runs, huge. Yeah. And I mean, I, I heard to the, to an extent where it was a little over the top. Uh huh. He had a terrible season last year. Yeah. And he just was like off of Instagram, off of Twitter. I'm done with yep, it. I'm done shut with it, it down. And it's like, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like you're going outside of your, who you yeah. are to an extent. And, and now it's not working, but if you are Donaldson or Bauer and you can live through the peaks and the valleys, yeah. And you never change, and that's just you. Yeah. By all means, that's you. Be it, do it. But yeah, that's my that's my take on uh, on those. I mean, O'Flaherty and I used to have these conversations in the clubhouse all the time, just on you know young guys and rookies and you know rules and all this. And it wasn't even an unwritten rule. I think we even wrote it wrote it down in the in the training room with Bill Falco's office once upon a time. It was like rule number one: don't be a a douche. Yeah. That was rule number one. Yeah. Just, you know, like if you could <laughs> stick to that, yeah, you'll be all right. The rest know? of it will fall in line if you just <laughs> don't be a douche. <laughs> well, I, I all I can say is Giolito obviously does not know Josh Donaldson because he would not have said that on camera if he'd known him. <laughs> he didn't know his background. He didn't. Ex- he didn't expect to get confronted. No, face to face. And, and if then, he'd that's, known that's him, the thing. If he'd that's known him, he'd know that was guys. coming. He'd yeah, know Josh was these- not going to let that slide. 
a lot of these, a lot of the social media, you know, personalities aren't used to the face to face, are they? They, yeah. they like, as Eric they said like to the me, screen. As Eric said to me in a text, because he texted me that night after he saw what JD had said, he said, they don't have Josh Donaldson at Harvard Westlake, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where Giolito went with him. No, <laughs> you no. Know, like, uh, there, there would no, there would be a no contest there if it if it came to blows. So say Giolito better bring an army of teammates because Donaldson is a badass man. I yeah. mean, he came from a rough background. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Albie's uh, in that game. Albies at the end adds three more RBIs, gets to seven. Braves come off that uh, the next night. Uh, you know, Braves fans I know are a little weary of of the team because every time like they get to five hundred, they lose like three or four games in a row. And every time they have a big game like that, you think they've turned a corner. Then they have they follow it up and, and lay an egg. So for them to come back the next night, because I know a lot of people were like, save some of those runs. You're facing Degrom tomorrow. Everybody's like, or others were saying, and I know because I read it, they're saying, good thing they won that game, that second game in the series, because because if they hadn't, they'd get swept because they're facing Degrom tomorrow. Yeah. And so then I thought that's why it was so big to come out the next night, last night, Thursday night, and get three runs in a first standing off Degrom, which nobody has had three run runs off of him all season in an entire game. Yeah. And nobody had scored a run in the first inning off of him or yeah. scored a, an earned run on the road all year against the guy any inning. Yep. So that was, that was huge what they did against him in the first inning. I thought they had a great I, plan. They came out and, and aggressive and jumped right on him, man. I, I don't know if no, most teams don't do that or if he was just, yeah. it took him a while to get into a groove, but that yep. was, that was an impressive first inning. No doubt. I, I mean, listen, every, every scouting hitting hitters meeting, I've ever been a part of when you're going against the DeGroms, the Scherzers, the Verlanders, mm-hmm. uh, on and on. Kershaw, you know, all the, the aces. Yeah. It's, it's get to them early. You know, and it's like one of those cliches. It's like, what, what does that mean? Like, we're like, I'm not going up trying to get them at yeah. all times. I'm <laughs> trying to get them early. I'm trying to get them late. Like these guys are just are nasty, but uh, you know, get them when you have the opportunity to get them. Should be really what it's what it is, and the Braves had the opportunity to to get a couple runs there with a couple guys on base, and then obviously Riley took care of that with one swing. So, you know, I, I would say, you know, Jacob, um, the guy's a freak. He he obviously doesn't make many mistakes, and when he does, it's a hundred miles an hour, yeah, or it's a ninety-three mile an hour slider, or you know, just filth. Well, he's not immune to the occasional somebody getting him. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's due. I mean, it wasn't, it yeah, wasn't it was necessarily, due. it wasn't necessarily anything in particular of, you know, Riley having a good at bat or, you know, big, strong kid ran into a, a mistake and hit it a long ways. And Jacob finished that game out with 14 strikeouts. He was amazing um, after he flipped so the switch clear, after the two yeah, hits you know, in the second inning. Clearly it's not as if he was battling or, you know, he didn't give up seven not having his best inning. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's, it's more credit to the Braves than discredit to him, I thought. Zero discredit to him. And and it's just it's credit absolutely to 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 get those runs. Um and then Ian Anderson deserves some credit. Oh my God. He he went toe to toe with him. Yeah. You know, and and uh, obviously um, you know, it was a great game. Smith hitting a homer in the ninth, and then we didn't talk about that play yet. Um did you, you know, think my, he had a chance to, to to get to third for the force? Yeah, oh, it was a so. no question. Now yeah. I will say in the in the in the moment, um, game's fast, isn't it? You keep in mind it's a fact. 
but yeah, he's you're shifted. He's a little out of position. He's a shortstop, so he's he's a shortstop third baseman, but he's still out of position, right? And it's still a reactionary play. Um, I I kind of think that if if you ten different third basemen yeah. get that same opportunity, I bet you eight of them step on the base. Right. If he's so just I, a I third think, baseman, I do think he made a mistake. I, I I will give him the benefit of the doubt. It's not easy. But I do think guys typically would would be, have the awareness to step on the base. And when he watched the video, he probably went, "Oh God, I didn't realize oh, it was that close." Lug- and that Acuna was Seth Lugo. Lugo's going nuts, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I he's going. Yeah, thing, he was scouting. Kind of nuts is that he is that is that he didn't hear Lugo yelling at him. Um, mm-hmm. You know that somebody you got the whole dugout is right there. They're probably yelling. Lugo's yelling. I would have. You would think that something would have clicked and he would have well, I, I think he absolutely nice to have a big crowd nice to have a big crowd loud crowd hey man just hey, those things when when streaks start and moves are made in the standings yeah things like that start bouncing your way you know so hopefully and that's it, this that's the beginning and i thought acuna looked like he was kind of going he was going to go a little wide maybe to avoid a, a tag if it happened because it looked like he was kind of coming in he uh, should have been yeah yeah, and yeah. I thought, yeah, so he probably didn't realize. And maybe he was thinking Acuna as fast as he is, you know, because he's fast, man. Maybe he's thinking that too, but I don't know. I bet when he looked at that video, though, he went, oh, God, I could have got him because he had oh, a yeah. much, he had no chance to get Freddie because Freddie was, oh, yeah. was hauling ass out of the box. If Freddie's well, not I mean, running out of the box, maybe he does have a chance. But you have to remember, it had, had he thought that through better, he wouldn't have come in barehanding and then right. running to third. He would have right. broke down, fielded it, and taken about two, three steps yeah. in the bag. Yeah. So, you know, uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I mean, we're not immune. Nobody's immune to to stuff like that. But it's a break for the Braves, you know, yeah. break for Freddie. All things that can be monster season changers. Yeah. Uh, and for Freddie, I mean, talk about getting uh, um, a chance. He, he said he wanted a chance so bad after he'd struck out four times, left five guys on base. Charlie, it was Max Freed bobblehead night. He wanted Char- Charlie said, we got to win on Ch- on Max Freed bobblehead night because he loves Max uh, Freed. So for <laughs> Freddie to come up, it was like, it's just poetry, man. For him to come up after striking out four times, which he's never had a five strikeout game in his career. And he hadn't had many fours. To be 0 for 4 with 4Ks, and he comes up. And that at bat ender in Ciarte, for the guy that takes gets beat up so much by critics on social media and us, the media, for him to come up and work that walk after being down 0-2, that was impressive. Incredible. That Incredible. was impressive, man. Yeah, Ender those, kept those, that alive. Those, those, those are the kind of things, man, the teams that win it, that's what they do. You know, Just, battle uh, through those at-bats. On that Riley Homer, though, man, I, I looked at the replay on that. That was 100 mile an hour on the black. And I don't think was there's it? I don't think there's five other hitters in baseball that could hit that thing out the way he did opposite field down the line yeah. like that and kept hey, it fair. You're probably right. I mean, he's strong as a bull, man. That he's, dude is. God, he's strong. He's Austin Troy Raleigh. Glass. She's yeah. Troy Glass. He really is. He, he nothing about. I mean, everything about him screams Troy Glass. And like if you usually, look, at, there's always those comparables. You're kind of like, yeah. Kind of looks. He looks like Troy Glass. The defense, too. The dives, the pop-up and throw, he does. Everything. Body, everything. A lot of Scott Rowland in him, too. Rowland, obviously, was a gold glover. He's not not that yet. He's not that yet. (laughs) But those dives where a big guy can – you don't think he can dive and pop up like that and still make a throw. But Austin's got a great arm. That's why he's able to make some of those plays. You know, 
no, I, I love him as a player. I mean, I think just as a fan, I want to see this has been a good year for him and he had that hot start. Yeah. His rookie year. Want to see him I want to see this. I want to see this season finish strong. Yeah. Yeah. Do Stay it for a healthy. whole year and then come back and, and, and be this guy again, <clears throat> again, and then he'll be on his way. If he can cut down we, the throwing errors, the defense <clears throat> will be sound because most of his errors are just throws yeah. and, and well, he's got a great arm. You know this, the throw, throwing errors are the ones that typically they just, they go away as you get older. Yep. The more you play, the more you, you do the throw. Yep. I mean, it's, yep. so he'll be, that's like I said, if he can continue on this path and play every day and be that guy, that's, that'll clean up quick and, and that won't even be an issue. Um, and DeGrom, by the way, had retired 37 straight guys in the first inning before the leadoff triple by Adrianza. And that was a pretty, I mean, you could call it ballsy or a, not a smart play for Adrianza to try to stretch that into triple. But again, it was a break that went the Braves' way because that changed everything. You start with a triple. If he starts with a double, DeGrom probably gets out of that inning. But you start with a triple, and there's not much, there's no room for error at all. And the Braves may, took advantage of it, but, uh, yep. and, and they overturned it, which they almost never do. They called him out at third and overturned it. So they had some things go their way, and they, you know, uh, their fans would argue that they, they do that because not much has gone their way. <laughs> I mean, you got to make your own breaks, I know, but they really haven't got many of those go their way, it seems like. I know it. So, yeah, it was a big one. And, of course, Albies had the single to tie in, to, in, in the first inning that uh, uh, after Freddie struck out. So that was he got it going again. He kept it going. That was his eighth RBI in a 10-inning span. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun it to be a hitter when you're doing stuff like that. Yeah. And to be yeah. able to hit a DeGrom fastball outside the other way, 100 miles an hour. Whew. And when they show a slow-mo of, uh, when they show a slow-mo of Austin Riley hitting, like I saw him this morning, D-Row was breaking it down on MOB Network. The dude's got these legs that you don't work, you can't just build lifting. You build them like bailing hay or you're just born with them because he's got <laughs> some big old legs. That dude is country strong. The t- is the perfect country strong when you use that term. He's, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of he's like the that's that's the original. That's what we were talking about before the guy. The way guys were built yeah. in the seventies, sixties, you're Mickey 70s, Mantles. <laughs> you were you were a bigger, more athletic, stronger dude than everyone else. Yeah. Now now players that are the Aussies and the Altuve's, you can work your way into these you know into these things with just the, right. the where we've come with nutrition and strength. But no, I'm I actually just pulled up that that swing, and you're right. I mean. uh, for that to be that pitch where it was and hit it the way he did. I mean, that, honestly, that's what's great about that. And what that shows you with him is because he takes these big swings in the past. Yeah. He's been a big swing, you know, it just, and that was a recognize, Hey man, the only way I'm going to get on top of this ball is to just be short and direct hundred yeah. miles an hour. Cause Durham's ball just, it does this, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like it's knees and it's, and it ends what you think is at your chest. And, um, he just stayed on top of that thing and his big, strong dude just hitting a hard line drive that cleared yeah. the right field wall. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a special, that's a special home run right there, but the opposite yeah. field, right down the line, man. Jesus. He, uh, he can be that guy. We've, we've heard guys chipper rave about him. We've, we've yeah. seen it. We just, you just with, uh, with, with being an everyday player, you gotta, you gotta find a way to do it every, every yeah. All season, and then you know, finish, follow it up, and and stay healthy. Uh, funny story we were talking about four strikeouts. It, it uh, reminded me of a funny story when I was with 
Atlanta still, and we were in San Fran. I think I, we came from Arizona, and I, I struck out four times in a game. Um, I can't remember if it may have been young Scherzer that pitched that game, but um, four strikeouts. And we're sitting there talking. It was me, Chipper, Greg Norton, and uh, you know, Norty said something about it, and, and Chipper was listening. And he's like, you know, I've never struck out four times in a game, <laughs> and you know, he's like, it's two thousand nine or eight. Uh, so how old would he have been? I was 28 or seven. So he was 37, 36, yeah. 37. Yeah. That night playing Randy Johnson, <laughs> who he hits dominates. Yeah. In San Francisco, he struck out four times in that, that same day. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That's oh, the, that's, base, that's baseball, right? And it's just. Chipper yeah, never that's, wanted that's, to. That's why I, that's me. Someone like me. I'm like, I'm not saying a word. I'm not yeah. acting out of line. I'm not acting a fool. Yeah. Cause if I'm going to strike out four times, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm not going to have baseball karma come and get me. He was another one of those guys though. Chipper that said what he wanted to say, didn't care what people thought and was himself, you know? So, yeah. uh, and, and four, what's crazy about him striking out four in a game is he never struck out a hundred times in a season, it's, in a season silly. ever. Yeah. So yeah, that's silly. And more that, that, walks imagine, and strikeouts in his career. Imagine that in today. That doesn't day. happen anymore. No, no, doesn't happen. All right. Well, this has been great, man. We really appreciate you filling in for, Oh, uh, might just tell him that, uh, he got <laughs> Wally pipped, man. Uh, so no, awesome. but that, 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 this, this is cool. We really appreciate the insight and all that. I, I, I know everybody likes the perspective of a guy who's been there, a hitter and, uh, and who been around, stayed around for a while. So thanks for sharing Absolutely. everything. And, uh, love it. We'll have you again. On, we'll have you on, you on again soon. But enjoy those North Carolina mountains, man. I will. You're up there. I will. Enjoy All the right. day. Thank you. Appreciate All it. Right. Seven fifty-five is real. Thanks, Kelly Johnson. We are out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.